Tea Soul Pop Season 5, Episode 5. Welcome to TESOL Pop, the mini podcast for busy teachers. My name is Laura and joining me today to talk about using technology to support feedback is Nihad Chehich. Nihad is a former teacher who has spent several years working directly with schools around the world for education technology companies. Three years ago, Nihad and his wife Sarah, who works as a primary school teacher, developed the idea for Vibble, a free app that enables teachers to give meaningful verbal feedback to whole classes in a matter of seconds. It sounds absolutely fabulous. Thank you for your time, Nihad, and welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Laura. It's a pleasure to be here. In today's episode, we're going to talk about how feedback plays a key role in the teaching and learning process as well as reflect on some of the challenges that we as teachers face in providing delayed feedback to our learners. Finally, we'll look at how technologies such as Vibble can support teachers and learners in utilizing feedback as a learning and teaching tool. Many of you, myself included, I'm sure have spent late evenings, weekends and holidays marking stacks of students' work from essays to notebooks to posters. The list goes on. So if this resonates with you, then this episode is for you and your fellow teachers. So why not continue the conversation in your teaching community by sharing today's episode? So to get us started, Nihad, why is feedback so important to the learning process? Feedback presents itself to us all the time when we're learning anything at all. And when you're in a classroom environment or a learning environment, that feedback can be taken to the next level because here, instead of just receiving feedback from the world around us when we're learning things, we're getting feedback from a trained practitioner who is an expert in their field of study. And that presents a real opportunity to give really meaningful feedback to students around what they're wanting to achieve or what they're wanting to learn. So for me, feedback is essentially part of that learning cycle, regardless of whether you're in a classroom environment or or not. But when you are in a classroom environment, we really have an opportunity to not just give feedback, but to, to give excellent feedback. And when you look at research from the Evidence Endowment Foundation, um, who have a great tool called the Teaching and Learning uh, Toolkit, which is available for free. It's a summary of educational research into different topics that affect schools and what the best bets are or the best outcomes are for for adding value. And when you look at that meta-analysis, you can see that feedback is one of the most effective tools for improving learning for students. They estimate that good verbal feedback adds an additional seven months of learning times to a a child's learning journey, um, which is one of the highest impact ratings for anything that's been researched within the toolkit itself. Obviously, yourself and your wife both have teaching experience. Your your wife is uh, still teaching in schools now. So you have really clear firsthand experience of the sort of challenges teachers face when giving quality and timely delayed feedback. Could you summarize from your own experience what some of those challenges are? Yeah, of course. So I remember I've done many jobs and teaching is by far the hardest job I've ever done in my entire life. And I think part of that stems from just the sheer workload that you have as a teacher. Because that workload is so high, I think the, the, the main problem that it has is the way that it can affect feedback. So often the mindset of teachers is 
I need to get this marking done or I need to get this feedback finished. And because that's the mindset that the teachers have, not necessarily because of their own faults, just because of the sheer demands of the job, the feedback or the marking process becomes somewhat perfunctory. So people will just mark a piece of work just to show you know, that, that it's a good piece of work. They might just tick and flick and write the word good or well done or something like that, which doesn't really add any value. And there's been tons of research into, into this. So if you look at the marked improvement studies from the UK government into the, the effectiveness of written feedback, it isn't very effective typically when you base it against the amount of time that it takes to do it. So when you just sit back for a moment and you reflect on that and you think, I've just spent probably days of my life every single year reading through these pieces of work and and giving written feedback. It's very time consuming. I don't really enjoy it. And it really isn't having that much impact for my students. So why am I doing it? I think that's the question which uh, needs to be asked. And obviously students need to have feedback. I've said earlier in this episode about how important feedback is for learning. but I think there's a better way than just mindlessly ticking and flicking and, and marking lots and lots and lots of individual pieces of work fairly ineffectively for students to then look over briefly and not act on. So that brings us to the, the main problem, which I think is the quality of feedback. So the question should be, how can I give really effective feedback that students will actually act on? So in order for feedback to be effective and in order for it to work, students should actually do something with it and as I mentioned that can be quite difficult just because of the sheer volume of feedback that teachers have to do that it can mean that the feedback that's given is quite basic or quite quick and and not really adding that much value but also if students are receiving that same kind of feedback all the time they become a little bit desensitized to the process and they get used to expecting that the feedback that they're going to get on their work isn't very useful so then they don't therefore read it in a way where they're going to do something with it. I think those are the, 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 the two main challenges. I'm going to just add another one into there as well, which is also the expectations of organisations on teachers with feedback. So a lot of this, these problems can sometimes be born out of an organisation and the way that they prescribe those insecurities onto teachers around feedback. You know, if there are pressures for teachers to mark a certain number of books or to mark in a certain way, you know, perhaps around presentation of work or something like that, then that can create a kind of diktat that teachers have to follow, which can be quite restrictive and prevent them from actually giving really excellent and meaningful feedback, which is going to push their students forward. You've developed this app called Vibble that's designed to help address these challenges and to enrich the feedback process. How can technology like this Vibble app help make feedback better? We created Vibble to really reduce the burden of the workload around giving feedback and also to enable giving verbal feedback more effectively. Now, it's not a catch-all solution. It's not going to solve all of the problems to do with feedback because ultimately giving good feedback is down to the teacher themselves and what they choose to say in terms of that, that feedback process. But if we think of the learning journey of a student in terms of getting from point A to point B, I would use the analogy of something like a bus to explain what giving written marking or or written feedback can be like. The student is probably going to get from A to B regardless with the the marking that that the teacher is giving. You've probably seen that as a teacher time and time again in the years that you may have been teaching, you know, that you do get your students from A to B. 
but the process of written marking is quite uncomfortable, just like taking a bus. Um, it's probably going to be a little bit cumbersome. It's going to be quite slow as well. Whereas giving verbal feedback, um, I think is probably a little bit more like the analogy of using a taxi from getting from A to B. So the student's still going to get from A to B, but it'll be quicker for them to get there. It's probably going to be a little bit more comfortable instead of being crammed in a bus. You know, you might have some leather seats, some air conditioning, um, and it's going to be more of a comfortable experience and and faster to get from A to B. And because it's a little bit faster as well, we really believe that if that pressure, that burden is taken off teachers a little bit, it gives a little bit more psychological safety and creativity to that feedback process, which will hopefully allow teachers to really think a little bit more about how they can give really effective feedback. And we know from evidence as well that students react to verbal feedback differently from to written feedback. So firstly, with written feedback, obviously, there's the problem of handwriting, which can sometimes affect whether or not a student can even read what you've written. And I think that's quite a depressing thought to think, you know, you may have spent hours of your time lovingly, perhaps writing all of this feedback, and then your students maybe can't even read what's been said. So that time is just completely pointless. We know that students react differently to verbal feedback because they can hear the intonation in the teacher's voice. And I think this is particularly significant with when you're giving challenging feedback. So say I was to say to a student, I think you need to do better on this, um, do this A, B, C, etc., to to improve. Now, if I was to take that statement and see it written down, the student is then internalizing that statement through their own lens when they're reading that statement. So if you've got a student that's particularly anxious or feels quite negatively about their work, they could maybe see that statement as a bit of a personal attack and then potentially not move forward with that piece of feedback. Whereas when a teacher is giving that feedback verbally, the student can then hear the intonation in the teacher's voice. And if, obviously, if the teacher's vocal intonation is quite calm and reassuring when they're giving this critical feedback, it then allows for a culture of continuous improvement to develop in a way that I just think is much more difficult to achieve through through written feedback alone. I don't think it's a catch-all solution. It's not going to solve all the problems uh, in many teaching contexts. There's probably a case for doing some written marking and, and some verbal feedback, but I think there's a real imbalance in, in many classrooms and, and learning environments at the moment where almost 90% plus of the feedback that's given to students in a delayed fashion is done in a written format. And I think that needs to change. As you were describing giving verbal feedback and the benefits of that, obviously a few ideas were coming to mind. Have you got an example of how a teacher and learner can use Vibble in everyday practice for our listeners to kind of imagine today? I think one of the most exciting features which we built into Vibble is the ability to give group feedback um, within the app itself. So what I mean by this is typically when you're giving feedback to your learners after a, a session, you're addressing misconceptions within that lesson. And there may be, you know, two or three different misconceptions, which the majority of your students are exhibiting. And you're then going through these, all these pieces of work, and you're typically just writing the same thing again and again and again for lots of different students, which is obviously just quite inefficient and, and draining to have to do. So what we've built into Vibble, which, and this is a free uh, feature and a free tool which anyone can use but essentially 
you can um, select the students in your class, multiple students if you wish, or even the whole class if you wanted to, and take a couple of photos or upload some images of, of work. And then you can record some verbal feedback that would then get sent out to all of those students at once. So you can record one recording that you could maybe send out to 10 students in one go that would all address a specific misconception in, in that piece of work. So just recording feedback verbally is much faster than marking individual pieces of work anyway. But then to record group feedback, you're then really magnifying that, that time-saving capability um, that, that can take place. The other thing to remember as well is if you're using it in that teaching English as a second language context, I think it can be really valuable, obviously, for more advanced students or intermediate students because when you're learning English as a second language or another foreign language, the process of speaking and listening is the hardest thing to learn. It's very, very difficult to master that that section. So actually giving students the ability to hear feedback in that language that they're trying to learn and be able to play that back again and again and again just gives them more contact time with learning that language in that kind of way. And even for beginners, students as well, you know, you can give them the opportunity to learn specific phrases through using a tool like Vibble on pieces of work. So if they've done a written exercise on some specific sentences that they um, need to learn, just hearing you say them again, you know, through delayed feedback through Vibble, they're not only hearing you say it within the lesson itself, but then it's just being reinforced at a later date when they're back home. And also it gives you the opportunity to, to just develop and strengthen that relationship with students through that process. So it really is a multifaceted way to to give feedback and it could be used flexibly in a number of different ways. This has been a super inspiring conversation with you today, Nihad. Thank you so much for your time and introducing the Vibble app. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. To learn more about this fantastic app, that's Vibble, V-I-B-B-L, you can go to the website, vibble.co.uk and become an early adopter of this fantastic free app. You can also follow Vibble and the work that Nihad is doing on Twitter for news and updates. And as always, I'm going to include those hyperlinks on the website so you can find those easily. If you have a question that you'd like us to answer, or indeed you have a topic that you'd like to pitch for TSOPOP, then you can contact us via Instagram, Facebook, or the website, tsoppop.com. Finally, you can support the work we do at TSOPOP by leaving a rating and review wherever you listen to the podcast, or by sharing TSOPOP content with your teaching community, like today's episode. You can also even sponsor one of our coffee breaks at ko-fi.com forward slash tsopop. Your support is much appreciated. Thank you.